You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and SJ Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! I don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. That's right. It's the X-Man Podcast. It's your boy, Doc Coyle. Taking a little two-week break. I was banging them out for a minute, guys. I was I was killing the game. And you know what happened? Motherfucking Bad Wolves business done snuck up on me. And uh, it was my birthday. And then we did the 100th episode, which was great. Great response. And then right after that, it kind of dawned on me that we had some shows coming up and then some extensive rehearsals uh, because we had to learn and incorporate a lot of new material. And then we had a new album coming out, uh, which just came out on October 25th, last Friday. And so far, the response has been pretty great um, from what I've heard. And listen, if you don't have the record, uh, please pick it up. We would appreciate it. Nice to make a dent in those charts. It's called Nation, but with uh, it's like an acronym, which I don't I don't know what it means. Uh, <laughs> and that that kind of speaks to an idea. You know, it's kind of interesting because you know I think the record's really good, and uh, but you know in this band in Bad Wolves, I'm not the main guy, and I don't get to choose a lot of things. You know, so. It's funny, there are certain things that people will criticize about the band. And I'll be like, yeah, I mean, but it's not really, it wasn't really my call. So it's like, puts me in a weird position sometimes uh, where obviously, because it's not be a good thing if I'm like disagreeing (laughs) with some of the decisions that the band makes. But one thing I feel feel comfortable saying here, I think is okay without uh, uh, bothering too many people on, on the inside is, um, you know, I thought I didn't like the songs they released early. Not that I don't like the songs. I like the songs. I didn't like the order in which they released it because we gave, basically came out with a heavy song called uh, I'll Be There, and uh, which is the first one on the album. I thought it's a good way to, to introduce things. And then they put out the single, and I was fine with that too. Uh, but I think you could have gone a few different directions, but I thought that was more or less okay. But then they put out another acoustic song and then another kind of more radio-y song. And really, that doesn't represent the record. Uh, the record, there's probably four just straight up super heavy songs, and then two others kind of in the middle, maybe you know. So it's about half the record, 
is pretty damn heavy. And then there's some stuff kind of in the middle. And I wish the songs they released kind of represented that a little more and gave a more accurate depiction. Because now people here on the record are like, fuck, man, this is heavy and this is great. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of, and I, I just don't for like, because there's some people that are just going to like the band for the commercial stuff. But I do think there's probably a good amount of people that love the heavy side of the band. And we got to throw them some bones too. Um, and that's definitely more my world uh, in many in, in many ways as well. But, um, you know, and some people like, oh man, I don't like the artwork or they think it's misogynistic. It's like, I have nothing to do with it. There's a lot of things I have nothing to do with. Um, the album name, I don't have anything to do with it. So I can't really, you know, I could say, give, say my opinion about what, whether I think, but it's almost where like, you just kind of, in certain situations, you're just in the role you're in and you don't get to, you know, it, everyone, it can't be everyone's vision all the time in every scenario. You know, some bands are very democratic and some bands are very hierarchical. Hope I said that right. And, uh, and that's just the way this, this, this band works. And so, you know, I'm just happy to be in it. And it's, you know, hopefully people like the record and it does well. We just did some shows with Marilyn Manson over the weekend in Dallas and Oklahoma city. Those went really, really great. And, uh, and yeah, we start this tour with uh, Five Finger Death Punch in a couple days uh, in Las Vegas. So looking forward to that. Get your tickets for that, motherfucker. And uh, anyway, let's get into the sponsorship portion of the podcast. We're going to play a band from Uxbridge, Ontario. But I guess he lives in Toronto now. And that's where he's from. Uh, it's a one-man band, as it were. And this band is called Dead Defined, and we're going to play a track entitled You Push Me Away. Check it out. Curl you hide 
So that was Push Me Away by Dead Defined. And it is a solo artist, Mr. Craig Ewan. And he tells me about his, his background. He comes from Uxbridge, like I mentioned, which is, I guess, more country in nature. There's, they have a big country scene there. But he moved to Toronto to, you know, get into the rock and roll and kind of follow after his heroes, Mark Tremonti from Creed and Richard Patrick from Filter, Adler from Stained, etc. And... uh and yeah, and he's also worked with a bunch of different bands and co-written and sang with all kinds of bands in Toronto. And if you want to check his stuff out, please go over to facebook.com backslash dead defined official and soundcloud.com backslash dead defined. And uh, yeah, please support the bands that support this show. Thank you so much, Craig. Thank you so much, Dead Defined. And we also actually have a second sponsor for today's show, the rare two two sponsor. Actually, we did have it the last episode, but uh, you know we're going we're going on the front end this time because the the interview isn't quite as long, so we can get get this stuff out in the beginning. Anyway, we have another band. Uh, this band is called Doppelganger, and they are from Davenport, Iowa. And we're gonna play a track entitled Plumbus. And if you know anything about Rick and Morty, you know all what that means. So check it out.
Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. Hello out there! Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. So there you have a doppelganger with their track, Plumbus. And as you can tell, they are an instrumental band. I don't know if I should have said that beforehand, but uh, I enjoyed that very much. There was some serious riffage happening on that track. That was very, very, very cool. And uh, they started out as a deathcore band in 2014 and evolved into instrumental prog metal. You hear before you, uh, they will be working. They are working on a full length instrumental album, which will be released coming up with guitar and bass playthrough video on November 1st through their YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com backslash doppelganger official. And you can also check out that track that we just heard and downloaded on a uh, doppelganger qc.bandcamp.com. And they also have a few Shows coming up uh, November 23rd in Cedar Rapids, Iowa at the Underground, uh, January 21st in Moline, Illinois at the Black Hawk Room, and January 25th in Green Bay, Wisconsin at SV2 Bar and Grill. If you want to get any of their music or merch, just go to their band camp page. That's Doppelganger. Thank you so much to them for sponsoring this show, as well as Dead Defined. You guys keep this show going. It really means the world to me. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, you know what to do. Either send me a message on social media or drop me an email to the Podcast at gmail.com. And remember, that is E-X. And without further ado, I'm going to give a quick little intro before our conversation for our guest this week, Mr. Jason Costa, a man I have known for a very, very, very long time. Uh, literally the second tour I ever did. You'll hear us talk about it. But, um, you know, I guess this is his first podcast. We we talk about that. And uh, I love that. I love I love talking to people that never done a podcast before. But, you know, he's a behind the scenes guy. He's not really super public. But, you know, he's such an amazing, amazing drummer and just good fucking dude to hang out with. And, uh, you know, for me, I got to bring these, these people that I, that I connected with so long ago and those bonds, man, they're, they're, they're serious and, and, and they don't, they do not, uh, waver frivolously. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to give too, too much away to say, I, I love Jason. I'm really happy that he took the time to do the program. So please check out my conversation with the great 
Jason Costa. Dago, you sound good, man. Do I have that big throaty voice? Now you just sound like a man. Well, you know, not not everyone. I, mean, I, I am 105 years old at this point. You're 105 Dude, years we've old. We've known each other for like 25 years at this point. You I know, that? man. Have you ever have you ever done a you podcast? See this white in my beard. I do. No, that means I've never done a podcast. I only listen to a couple <laughs> podcasts. Which ones? Anything with Doctor Stephen Greer on it, because I love alien Dude, conspiracies. Did you see? All right, so <laughs> I don't actually, know. I might have used the wrong word, conspiracy there. So don't get no, mad. No, I don't. Th- I don't think it's a conspiracy. Um, well, in a sense, it's a conspiracy. But if it is a conspiracy, here's the thing: is it's a poorly kept secret. Is that does that make sense? Or no, it's it a secret right in front of everyone's face. Exactly. So that's why no one believes it. So did you <laughs> it's, it's, two it. things? Did you see the Bob Lazar documentary on yeah. Netflix? Did you hear Bob Lazar on Joe Rogan? Uh, no, I haven't. I, I, I listened to uh, Greer, though, of course, on okay. Joe Rogan. Yeah. OK, now see that. See the Stephen Greer. What was the name of that? That uh, unacknowledged unacknowledged. So <laughs> now the, <laughs> I don't wicked nerd with the shit. Sorry. I really hey, can I swear on this. You can say yeah, fuck, right. cunt, piss. Oh, nice. Dick right. nose. I mean, I, I'm not going to be as much of an asshole as you, but sure. No, I'll, I'll, I listen. I'm, I'm verbose. All right. I, I, <laughs> I have I'm, I'm, I'm what they call articulate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um. No, so that means if you, I can use words like ubiquitous with you. And that's you right. Understand. Verisimilitude. Yes. Copious. <laughs> nice. Uh, by the way, and that's all from American Pie. So, you know, that, that, oh, yeah, yeah, that really right. tells a lot about my, uh, my, my level. I'm not of, awesome with movie quotes. I only know a few. Okay. Well, you know, I tend I'll, to overuse them. People get sick of them, so I don't use them anymore. That's all right. That's all right. But anyway, so uh, the unacknowledged documentary thing that kind of bummed me out about that was the little alien, like the little midget. Uh, that's yeah. a bad word. I mean, I knew little when, person. I knew when he was a <laughs> little. I knew when he was Sorry, good, when he was he was sort of going full bore with that. I'm like, if this doesn't pan out, yeah, it's gonna, it's ruin, like, it's gonna ruin like it's gonna ruin a lot for him. What what and, ha- because they didn't really tell what it was, right? But I I no, heard that they, they they think it was a it's actually a human. Yeah, it's it was human DNA and uh, it was uh, like a a very small like person, a child or, or something that just had been born that small. It, I don't think it was walking around living and sentient. You know, I don't but, know, man. You know, I it, never it, it seen was, it was human DNA. They didn't find any. I don't think they found any like hybrid. But anything. that doesn't mean that what we think of as aliens can't have. Be well, human yeah, DNA. I mean that's the that's the thought behind it, sir. That's the well, other way to look at it. But everyone was kind of hoping it would be some like weird, you know, cross pollinated human. You know? No, but so so or this straight is straight up aliens. So here's the thing: I'm not into ghosts. I'm not into mysticism or any of that shit. Sure. And I'm don't and I'm don't believe in 99% of all these conspiracies, you know, the moon and the, you know, JFK, I don't care about any of that stuff, mm. but aliens, I believe in, and to what I say is, I won't even say I believe in it, because believe to me is like, it's like a leap. I think it's, I think there's plenty of evidence. There's just plenty yeah, of coming evidence. At the, you're coming, I come out at the same angle as you. I don't. I'm not in. I'm not in a hundred percent. But it's very interesting to me. It's something really cool to pay attention to. I'm in a hundred percent. Yeah, it's cool. To, it's, it's just cool to know about it, and you know, we'll see what happens in the future. You know, or you know, I, I like to know about it. Okay. It's fun. Yeah. Okay, but you, but I don't know if I'm like a hundred percent belief with everything. Well, like I said, everything can't be true. But to me, but, it's but not. I think some of it can. Well, here, first off, like I said, I don't think believe is the wrong kind of word. Yeah. Partly because mathematically, we are we are not alone. It's just it's just a, no, a fundamental 
fact that we are probably not That's alone. That's the most narcissistic thing anyone could ever think. Exactly. Yes, we are the only living things in this entire fucking universe, and that's that. We're awesome. Yeah, yeah but that's... Yeah, humans. But in, in a weird way, that's... So if you just look at... The reason why we know there are things like black holes are because of math and these, these phenomena that we have in space. And so if, that's like saying, I believe in black holes. Do you know what I'm saying? No yeah. one's ever seen a black hole. Actually, we did just get a picture of it. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. But, you know... But the picture, did you see it or you saw a picture? That could be Photoshop. We don't know what that is. Now, I mean, now you're getting conspiracy-ish. Okay. But my point is, you didn't physically see a black hole. You just saw no. a very fuzzy Pretty picture. Pretty sure if we physically saw a black hole, we'd be being swallowed by it. Yeah. But the thing is, there's plenty of pictures of yeah. and video of UFOs. Yes. So there's, you know, but. Which we're not even supposed to call them UFOs anymore. Which oh, yeah. Ridiculous. I forgot the new, the new uh, names. Me too. I totally forgot. Yeah. Yes. They're, 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 they're new names. Actually, apparently Hillary Clinton was the one that. Uh, that she, well, that she up. was making fun of it on like. Uh, no, she wasn't making fun of it. Sort of. She was. No, no. Because she was on. Uh, what's like head Kimmel show? or. Yeah. One, one of those, those shows. Yeah. And they were making. She was kind of poking fun at it. They, she was like, they don't want us to call the. You know, this. Now it's a whatever. The heck no, they but, she, it but that was actually a real. A she actually. Get, she gave something. something up she actually gave away some some good yeah. the good fact that she knows there. stuff well she was supposed to her and her and, and uh her and her advisor or whatever they were gonna like go full bore and uh and try to disclose things so did you hear that uh what's his name from blink 182 oh yeah yeah so part of the reason he got blown up was that when um they hacked into john podesta's emails yes they uncovered emails between john podesta and which which guy is it it's uh from from blink 182 i forget uh, their names the singer one of the guys right? <laughs> the singer I forget the, the fucking handsome right guy right yeah yeah <laughs> aren't they all supposed to be handsome in blink 182 yeah you're a band that big don't you have to all that's have part all of, handsome members that's part of the point all that's right why that's why gigantic. that's why we never made it you know that's why we're gigantic <laughs> i get to see i get to hide behind the drum so i'm cool i don't have to look like anything i can just look like a pile of shit and keep keep, keep drinking back Listen, you, the furniture or get one of them look clap. at our front row right now with bubble and shit oh it's got a brick shit houses man and we got and we got jason who's covered in tattoos just looks cool and shreds every night yeah i can just be a pile of crap behind the drums i'm sorry or clown mask Right. Or a clown mask. We talked about then, this. If I can, if I put a clown mask on, then we can get a radio song <laughs> with double bass in it, <laughs> or a song longer than four minutes. But I got to put, we got to put a clown suit on. Right on. Okay, so Jason Costa, you know that, that was a I, long intro there. Was talking some shit. Oh yeah, shit. Which I, is, I was losing track because we're just friends. Listen, man. Uh, so we go back. You were in a band called Diecast. Yes. Back in the dizzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, from Boston, real, really from Boston. Yes, right? really from Boston. Yeah. So you're, a, are you a Boston motherfucker? Yeah, I mean, I live in Southie right now. Do you? I really? live around the corner from the bar called Whitey's. Jesus, are there any black people out there? Yeah. Oh, oh cool. Yeah. yeah, they all sell drugs. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> no, it's 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 really. You gotta really wait mixed. like 20, 30 minutes before you start putting racism in the show. You can't just come. You can't start the show with that, man. You gonna scare off my my listeners, man? No, you gotta listen, woo no, them. I'm totally Boston. Please, anyone listening to this, don't take anything I say serious. I'm just ball busting. Listen, I I personally love it. I just can't. You know, I don't know if they're the they're gonna come cancel you. You know, you just gotta watch out. No, no, no. They'll come for you, man. No, there's it's uh, Boston's really really mixed with everything. Awesome. There's tons of just every ethnicity. No there. racism. There. There's no like you can say salty and everyone thinks it's all <laughs> Irish. Whatever. It's not. Every it's it's just mixed. Everything's mixed. Maybe back in the day it was, but not anymore. I mean, it's almost 2020. Yeah. Everyone's everywhere all the time. That's what's up, man. That's mm -hmm. what's up. So, um, you know, it's funny. I feel like. Even though is is Diecast still active? They are, yeah, they are. Is but that they fucking all, they all is like, that weird? 
no, no, I think it's cool. I mean, I wish they, it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird to me because I, I, I always wish the best for everyone, you know, yeah. and I want to see them make it. That's why I love the fact that you're in Bad Wolves. And I love that, like, you, like, tech, like quote unquote, made it. I know it's subjective to say that yeah. because you worked so damn hard and everything. And I, I, like, you and John, everyone, like, all the guys in that band have worked so damn hard in one band or another. And now it's like, you know, you guys are like doing it and you're out there on tours and having a great time and everything. So I, I'm wicked happy for you guys. Yeah, I, and it's I, the same thing with the diecast dudes. I, I wish I wish it for them. I know they're not doing too much, but, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 I wish them the best. And I so it's not. Weird so who, who is still left? In, is Kirk, I know Kirk's still Kirk's right? in the band. John's in the band. Paul. Okay. So that, Paul's our second singer. You yeah. Know, um, not that there's a third. There's only a first and second column than Paul. Uh, and uh, I think they have like a rotating base, like yeah. a couple guys that they go so to. So it's still two, at least two of the members when we still, we yeah. still. Oh yeah, yeah. Kirk, Kirk and John. So, wait, Paul wasn't in the band when you when we toured? Was it? No, no, that was way no, back. No, it was then. Colin. Yeah. Yeah. Colin still straight edge. Colin oh yeah, too. still straight edge back then. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> broke broke the edge with with a Slayer. Yeah, he said. Yeah, he said. He said to the Slayer guys, "Hey, if I ever get to meet, if I ever get to meet Dimebag." I'll break my edge that night and so that was like a, that was a big deal oh it remember? was Dimebag that broke yeah. it okay yeah, I so, it was... yeah we got to their strip club and and Kerry King had told the guys and told the guys uh, uh, you know uh, Dime and and, uh, and Vinny this guy's totally gonna break his edge if he gets to meet you so we got this on on videotape like one of those handheld camcorders back then of of Colin being like, hey man, you're you know, thank you so much for being the guitarist you are. You're a huge influence me. You're the reason why I play guitar. And Die Mag goes, now I'm the reason why you drink, boy. And he hands him a fucking <laughs> shot. What did he do? Like, shot of? Like the, it was a I, yeah, I think it was a black tooth, probably. It, it, so you know, now, now, now but here's, that's such a sick way to break your edge, I guess, right? Fucking it. Well, here's the thing. It. Did he keep drinking or oh yeah he he was a fucking mess <laughs> after that he was such a lightweight beginner drinker he's like this is great just like we would pull him out of like dunkin donuts like we'd carry him he was falling against the walls and shit Jesus. he was out of control after that he didn't he didn't break his edge he shattered his yeah, yeah seriously <laughs> i guess you know threw it on the, the circumstances ground. yeah he was he was pretty bad <laughs> but um no no so, so that was an interesting time uh to give people some context uh the technically the second tour god forbid ever did was with diecast the first tour we did was in summer of 2000 with all out war and shadows falls only eight shows mm. and then we, we our first tour was with all out war fucking a yeah. all out war breaking us all in fucking mm -hmm. underrated with fucking band. fetus yeah that's a hard-ass tour that was well i remember because we so the tour we did was the winter it was like uh january 2001 uh our record actually determination was still a couple months from coming out um and the tour we did was supposed to be was shut down mm. victory records hardcore band shut down, yeah and uh <laughs> and they ended up canceling last minute and the tour we did you guys actually two legs we did like this one leg down kind of the east coast then we left to go do this tour with amen and shadows fall and then we met back up with you guys i think in canada amen, with uh with cold as life yeah, I love those dudes. Yeah, <laughs> so we did like it. We did like three weeks, took a break, then then another another two weeks. But I remember you guys at um, all the venues we were playing. They were places you guys played with All Out War and Dying Fetus. Sure, you're like, man, this was sick with those guys. I mean, there's there's only 50 people here now, but the last time we were here, it was oh, sold out. I hate that crap. <laughs> yeah, right. I hate that crap. 
<laughs> of course that band where, where it's the worst when you get a shadow some other band like you know and then everyone went to that show and they had saved up their money for the week so it's not necessarily that your bands didn't do as well it's just that, that tour just happened to come through first or something I, and then you hear that it just like drives the nail in a little further <laughs> well no but it, it's but here's the thing for us it was and i think even for you guys i think we were still young enough and and like we felt like we were when you're at that age and, and you're you're getting some opportunities to to tour or play some shows or put records out on labels you're just so happy to just be yeah, doing no that salt. thing every day salty. yeah we were just we were just excited like there was 50 people there was like well it's 50 more people than knew about yeah, the band yesterday course. and you would do fun things like uh i remember that if the show was kind of shot we would never like man, we would never do this now. And the show was kind of shot. We would play songs that we don't normally play. Like, yeah. oh, let's play. We haven't played this song in two years. Hey guys, we're gonna play this song and probably fuck it up. But here we go. Yeah. We'd have a good time. And now we don't do that anymore. Now, now we're all salty. We're salty <laughs> little, I want to play that song, fucking, man. I got time. Now, for that now shit. there's no one here. Just drink more if I go on stage. You only get some crowd royal. <laughs> crowd royal. Crowd royal. What's that? If there's no one at the damn show, we do shots of crowns. Crowd royal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. But so I had um, uh, this guy, uh, Josh Travis, on the show. I don't know if you know, know who he is. No, I don't he, know him by name. He but. plays in uh, Amira, but uh, you know, I, I refer. Oh, Amira. Yeah, I know Amira, but I don't know those dudes. Know those dudes. I right. refer to him as a, as a scene legend. All right. Yeah. And you, so back in the day, all right, in the hardcore scene, everyone sucked <laughs> at playing. And oh, there were some good bands, some good players. I'm, out there. I, my general point is that. You know, God forbid, was coming at this whole thing from a metal perspective. Yeah, within yeah. the kind of hardcore scene, we were like a stowaway. You know, we were sure. like we were this we were like these black sheep that like snuck in. Diecast really came up in the hardcore scene, right? Yeah, we were. I don't know how we got the metal kind of sound in the hardcore scene, but we did. We we just we had dudes in the band that were FSU. Yeah, and literally we got on shows because you know, a couple Jeremy was booking shows and stuff, so we got us on the you know got us on these shows, but it was because he was FSU and he was also a bouncer at the clubs and stuff like that. So yeah. we were, I don't know, we were just, I mean, there wasn't really much of a metal scene in Boston. Everything was considered hardcore. So that's kind of got lucky, I think, you know? Well, I mean, I guess yes and no, because I mean, I, I think around that time, being one of those kinds of bands could also hurt you, right? Like s some clubs wouldn't want to book you or sometimes you'd be, you know, kind of, uh labeled as a quote-unquote tough guy oh yeah band. no no we totally got after after we played you know after a bunch of years we got blacklisted on a bunch of places we couldn't play yeah and like especially like canada it's like that dude got clotheslined and almost died we couldn't go back to we were getting that was like the Listen, how you die from a clothesline all right that's a week that's a week wrestling when the move. dude is enormous <laughs> and we know who this person is i aren't saying his name and he just smashes like a 13 year old oh, like weighs no, 110 some, i don't know how big the dude was or wasn't but I knew who was getting hit by when I heard that it happened during our set. And this is when the internet just kind of started. Like you could leave messages and shit like that. And people were just like, next time you come up here, we're going to kill you. And we're like, oh man, we're going to get annihilated by French people if we go up there again. So <laughs> we can't go. I think it was Quebec. We can't go up over there anymore. They're going to douse us with espresso. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to get doused with espresso. Dude, so we, didn't, hot, we couldn't it's play hot. up there anymore. Yeah. Well, we, hey, we did those shows of Cold as Life. I guess they fucking, they cleared the path. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um but, but but no i think um when i say scene legend in that realm in like the hardcore scene you were this guy you're you know you're playing traditional style um 
you're you know doing things like like there was you know i had this kind of theory you could you could tell me you, you believe this or not that a band could have pretty good guitar players bass player whatever but the bands that did the best had a sick singer and a sick drummer yeah back the, in the, the day beat makes people move you know but the thing is but you you were doing something you had a stylistic thing um and a technical thing but with groove always with groove yeah, I always um, liked groovy, groovy metal bands. Like, uh, I love, I love Slayer. I know people come down on Slayer sometimes. So I love Slayer. Dave Lombardo was one of the grooviest metal drummers around. Yeah, man. He didn't play to a click track. When you see him live, it just you just wanted to. I mean, you could you could just dance to a metal band. Well, it was he, weird, you know. He's, I mean, he's got this I mean, awesome. This, did timing. Dave Lombardo invent that? Uh, the beat basically with the the ride, like the. I don't know if he did because I'm sure someone will know. Some person who's got an eidetic memory or whatever is going to know some date that some other drummer did it, blah, blah, blah. But he definitely, we know of that beat mostly probably because of of Dave Lombardo yeah. and, and, and playing, you know, within those Slayer songs. So where did you, you know, you're playing this quote-unquote hardcore metalcore band, well, bringing this kind of crazy, unheard of style. And, well, funny, and, funny story with that. Uh, they kicked me out of the band at first. What do you mean? They keep going to Diecast? Yeah. So when it was the beginning of Diecast, we had like the singer of Wrecking Crew uh, was uh, was our singer. And uh, we had, there was three other FSU guys that were in the band. And I come in, we, we played a bunch of shows and shit. And then one day I get to rehearsal and I thought I was late and I wasn't. You walk in, you know, everyone's there. Uh-oh, they're like, waiting oh, for shit, you. I'm usually the first motherfucker there, you know? And I'm like, oh, shit. So they're like, Jay, you know, it's just not working out. It's just too metal. I had, I had this huge fucking double bass kit. Yeah. Like, I was well, you one were, of those you were, Here's the thing. This is back in the late 90s, mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. You had long hair. Yes, yeah. Which was kind of like not considered to be that cool no, back then. No, it wasn't. No, not in the hardcore scene. It wasn't. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it was, and especially the scene you were probably in, which was, you know, very much kind of a uniformity of, oh, yeah, of look yeah. and attitude. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and Short would, hair and tattoos yeah. and everyone's jacked. What would, what would they call you? Hair and what would they call you, a Hesher? Is that what they would call Hessen. you? <laughs> Hessen. <laughs> Hessen. <laughs> totally hick. Your long hair. Yeah, hick is another one, yeah. Hick. Hessen, yeah, but I could play. <laughs> so. No, but, but where did, were you just self-taught? No, 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 no. See, okay, so I play with the traditional grip. Not because I'm trying to be cool or anything. I, I can't play any other way. I learned from a jazz teacher, but yeah. I always liked metal and like you know hip hop, rap, and and metal and uh, and funk. Yeah, so uh, like to comes Tower from. Power and stuff like that, right? Yeah. But um, I didn't. A lot of people think I'm a jazz player. I'm not. Like I, I took some jazz lessons and I went to the Conservatory of Music, New England, for a year, but I didn't love it. And I, I, I I'm not a jazz player. It's just I'm stubborn. And I didn't. I never learned how to play the other way. Well, so, you yeah. here's here's one thing I I noticed because we would do these venues, right? We would sometimes play these fucking halls and fucking oh, yeah. weird oh, yeah. places with no PA basements even. And and people don't realize this about that era. A lot of ways bands developed their sound and their tone was because you would be playing in a basement or something, yeah. and you had to be heard, right? Yes. And you would beat your shit oh like, i played I, and then to this day i still play with the sticks backwards yeah I play with the butt ends of the sticks yeah are you serious yeah even, I, even now tonight i'll play that way i didn't even realize that yeah yeah i've never because used, of I've never power used the tips. yeah well because i was I, I have ptsd when i was in a band for a long time ago man you know me like now i'm not now i'm over 200 pounds i'm a fat fuck but back then i was 135 pounds when you knew me but before that i was like 115 pounds Jesus. and i was in this other metal band and one of the first shows i ever played live this local sound guy fucking let into me 
And he was like, dude, you're going to, he's like, can you hear the bass drum? Hit the bass drum. You're to hear the snare drum? Yo, can I hear the snare drum? Like, <laughs> I was just like, you know, my girlfriend at the time, all our friends are there and shit. Oh, can I hit the toms? Can you now, can you hit the toms now? And I was just like, oh, fuck. And it was right then on there on stage with that stupid asshole sound guy. I hope he got hit by a car that I turned my sticks backwards there and I played the show. That was the first time my arms hurt so bad. But like, is it, it was like I went to the gym. But is this kind of proof that sometimes kind of t honest criticism can help you? Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though they're, even though it's delivered in a shitty way, it actually oh, it was totally shitty. <laughs> I can't I can't even tell you. I'm scarred. That that, that story makes me angry. <laughs> yeah, but it so. changed. But it defined you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's weird. That's yeah, interesting. It is strange. So, if you're this kind of if you were coming at it from a metal perspective, why not join some thrash metal band or something? I tried. I yeah. was in a bunch of thrash metal bands around here, but like I said, the Boston music scene has already been pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, not always. I mean, if you're talking rock and roll and Aerosmith and all those bands, I'm sure back in the yeah, day. Yeah, but that's also back in the 10 years, 20 me. years, 30 years yeah, before but you. But once we were coming up, it was it was hardcore. There wasn't really any metal. There was a few Boston metal bands. I know I'm going to get people arguing against. Yeah. You know, I know that there's there was metal bands, but there tree. Wasn't, you, I don't. You consider them metal? I don't, I don't know. even remember what they sound like. Yeah, I just yeah, like uh, saying tree. I don't know. Yeah, and I'm tree. just like nicest and I think, guys. Dave Tree. I love him. And I just think about someone started a band and was thinking about names and then they saw a tree and they're like, yo, how about tree? Well, and, they and did smoke a lot of weed, so it could have been. The night know. should be trees. Yeah, well, maybe with that was Z. taken. <laughs> maybe, yeah, with a Z. <laughs> they could have shitty hair and put on jumpsuits. <laughs> Who else? So, uh, only Living Witness? Were they? Only Living Witness. They were. Are I, they Boston? That awesome. Yeah, I think, I don't know if they were upstate New York or Western Mass or something, but they okay. were great. Yeah, were what a Boston. great band that was. What was it Cast Iron Pike? Were they Boston? Cast Iron Hike. Cast Iron Hike. Yeah. It wasn't Pike? No. <laughs> cast iron cast iron pike that, that's like some medieval shit <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's like that's what I'm, no it's cast iron hike i think you're correct yeah. i'm sorry see look at i'm fucking up this is what happens when i don't have any don't notes boston Jersey i don't dudes. i don't know you know what i'm saying i'm fucking over here bullshit yeah, we had overcast was around back then yeah uh well it's so funny because talking to phil you know the the west mass the western mass scene was very metal Yes. You know, yeah. they, that's where they had all the players. That's where everything. I should have grew up. Yeah. yeah. Instead, I grew up in Boston. So I had to join like a hardcore band that had just uh, oddly enough, the guitarist, Nassim. Remember Nassim? Nassim? Nassim. Oh, Nassim. I don't, yeah. I don't think I actually uh, met He him. loved Slayer. Yeah. So even though the other guys in the band were, were, uh, were hardcore dudes, he loves Slayer and I love Slayer. And that's kind of how Diecast had a little, if you listen to the early stuff, it, had that, it, it has that metal, that metal kind of edge yeah. to it. You know, a lot of Slayer-y type of stuff in the... So when did uh, Diecast start infusing melodic vocals? Right from the right from the start. Right when we really? got calling, okay. we always liked the singing in with the with with the screaming. Was that was, up. was yeah. that like a? Were you influenced by like like VOD or like what? Probably. I mean, we were influenced by all the bands that were back then. I mean, I had never even you gotta, you gotta understand. I had never even heard of these bands. I was a metal guy. Yeah. These guys introduced me to VOD and Earth Crisis and Snapcase and all the bands I ended up loving. You know, and so you know, I have a wicked. You're like, yo, let's play some Bolt Thrower. I got, I, I got a wicked mix. I didn't like. I, I was never really into Bolt Thrower. Sorry, guys. People, you know, kill me. Go ahead. But uh, I was never really Crocus. Into Bolt too much. No, not even Crocus. Yeah. Voivod. I liked Voivod, yes. Okay. I like Voivod. I'm just trying to think of the most like nerdy weird, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, weird, yeah, weird one. Pestilence. I, yeah, pestilence, yeah, yeah. Possessed. I, I liked possessed, yeah. Okay. All right. Coroner. Uh Coroner I didn't know so much, but I didn't right. hate it. I'm just throwing I'm yeah. throwing I'm just uh, like I'm thinking Creator. I'm think I liked Creator. Yo, Creator's yeah. just the shit. All they're right. still around, aren't they? Dude, Creator I hope so, is killing awesome. it. Good. Dude, they're doing 
Creator's doing a tour. They're co-headlining with Lamb of God in Europe. Sick. Doing like massive. I'm like, sure they're, they're awesome still. Dude, I saw them with, uh, was it Sabaton? Who did I see them with? I saw them in LA and they fucking killed it. Sabaton. Yeah, man. They're fucking, that's you know, a name. Create, you know, Sabaton's the shit. It's power metal. Yeah, that's a name. These motherfuckers get you amped up. I don't know if you'll <laughs> like it, but I, I love that shit. I don't know. It just depends. Yeah. Listen, well, when we're done with this, we'll we'll fucking blast some some sabaton. And you'll tell me how, how cool. much a fucking idiot I am. No, um, no, no. I'll tell you but, that anyway. But, I, <laughs> but no, but I, but I, it's you know I you know at the time we were you know I you know I met Diecast. I think it might have been at like the Eminem Hall. Do you remember that in fucking New Jersey? It was a little. I mean, you probably it was this remember. little fucking. I don't even know what it was. It was just this like little room. That held like maybe two hundred people. Like the space in Worcester. I never went there. Yeah, yeah. It was just like I said, one of those like halls that people can rent out. Sure, sure. I don't even know if it was a, a Legion Hall or, or or something like that. But not only what what I think set you guys apart was you know having the melodic vocals and your drumming, which is like I said, really really dynamic for the time. It it really stood out and made the band uh, sound special. Um, but also, you you guys seem to kind of, you know, and in, 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 as the band developed, almost get a little new metal vibe in there with the, the down tune guitars. I, I hated that part. Really, we were literally just trying to be a band and see like and and have a career and want to you know we, we wanted to not have work real jobs. Yeah, you know, so we you know some of the guys in the band wanted to do a little bit of that kind of stuff and. Some of us were didn't want to do it, but we, you know, you're in a band. It's a compromise. It is. And, uh, you know, I always try to compromise with everyone. So we had songs like that. I didn't love them. <laughs> <laughs> we had them. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, you got to compromise. It's the easiest way to but be. No, but you it, it, spend more time with these motherfuckers than you do your own family. Yeah. So why make things difficult? Play two songs that you don't love. Yeah. The rest of them are going to be, you know, the rest of them you like. <laughs> No, but I mean, but that gave the band kind of a commercial edge. How yeah. would, however you want to, want to put it, that probably opened up some doors. It did at the time. And short term, it kind of did. But I always felt that if we had stayed heavy, we would have probably might have even still been a band. Yeah. If, well, we, had, if we had still been a hardcore band, we could have, you know, opened everything up in Europe and everything else because we were getting tours and stuff. You think it there. hurt the credibility? Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah, it did. I mean, you got to look at what was happening, though. We were influenced because, you know, eventually like or like, you know, Earth Crisis and and uh, there was a couple other bands back then. Uh, who am I thinking of? I oh, know. who put out? You mean like Earth Crisis put out Slither? Yeah, they, they and, people got on Roadrunner and stuff and they started yeah. changing their sound. VOD so changed so, a little so bit. So we were like, we should do this because these bands are getting signed to these big ass labels and yeah. making money and they're going to have a career and blah, blah, blah. It hurt. I feel like in the long run, it hurt those bands, too. Well, I think it. it well, but, I think here's and that's just my opinion. Here's what I think happened kind of. In the and this is like you said about the the short term versus long term. Like when we toured together, Diecast had a much more accessible sound to just the average person. Yeah. And what we were doing, God forbid, was very technical, very yeah, yeah. kind of mathy and weird. Um, which I think in a at a one but it show was aggressive as shit. Yes, yeah, awesome. it was very it was yeah. very aggressive, but it was it was it might go over people's heads right away. Could. But it in a way, if you were to look at a snapshot that's where kind of things were going right yeah, things yeah. were getting more metal more technical more yeah, thrashy true. and then that kind of then you had the shadows falls and the kill switches and the, all that and that changed the whole scene mm -hmm. and while you guys were going kind of a little more in that 
you know, like you said, I don't know if radio is the right word to, to it, say. No, it was. We literally we legit tried after we did, because the, the biggest song that that band had was uh, 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 yeah. Singled Out. Yeah. Every to this day, I get people come up to me, and I've been in this band now for 13 years. People come up and sing Singled Out to me. Yeah. And I'm just like, so that was a melodic song. So we thought, well, maybe we should do a couple more songs like this. Yeah. But, but, I, but, I, but I think what happened was it wasn't that this, because like I said, Killswitch, they were melodic. They had, but they never lost the. No, they never edge. like lost their. Yeah, their their. They didn't. They didn't sound schizophrenic like we kind of did. Yeah, like you know, Diecast is going to go play one of the older hardcore songs. Then you're going to play one of the newer songs that was going to go to radio, and it sounded completely. Didn't sound like us. Yeah. It sounded like a different band completely. Yeah. Especially after when then we got Paul. Yeah. His voice is amazing. Dude, Paul's and a, he sounded more saying. like he sounded more like uh you know like he'd be in Seven Dust or something you yeah. know. Uh, dude, dude. Was Why a did Colin major. quit? Colin's voice was really hurting, I think. Really? Uh, he, he just technically he was yeah, just Yeah, if you doing... see like if you see um what was it Hellfest, the DVD a long time ago? I gotta go watch he sound, it. He sounds he sounds like a duck. Like someone someone <laughs> someone took a shotgun. Jesus. Someone took a shotgun, filled it up with tacks and salt, and just fired a double barrel down his throat before he sang this. Jesus. He sounds like a quacking duck on that thing. And it you know, shit happens, you know. You, that's a vote if you're a vocalist it's a very physical instrument he i don't even think he was drinking back then yeah he just wasn't he just yeah it's just some should, people are built for it and some people aren't. he had a wonderful voice it's just that i don't think he could endure the touring well it, it or might maybe have, he didn't know how to take care of his voice well, that's what i'm kids, saying i mean you, know? you gotta you know that know. used to happen to jesse leach all the time too he would lose yeah. his voice and then you know you have to train with a with a yeah, with yeah. a vocal coach to make sure you're using your instrument properly yeah yeah and you know and you know because one thing jesse would always say is that uh he was so like emotionally invested in the lyrics that he would perform that way. No, no, I'm serious. He would, he would, he would give it his all, and so that he would like over sing because he was feeling it. Yeah. And then he had to learn how to basically, even though he could feel it emotionally, like n not let that change the actual technique of what he was doing. Sure, sure. You know, and that because he would lose his voice all the time. That's part of the reason why he quit Killswitch the first time was because he was struggling on, yeah. on, on on the road with his with his voice. Plus, I think, you know, uh, uh, Colin also had gone to BU, Boston University, mm -hmm. and he had degrees. And yeah, stuff. he was going to become a lawyer, right? I don't know. I know, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to hit the mark at 100% on here. He works for a bank now, or he's like a vice president of a bank or something. Yeah. yeah Should we call him for some something. money? You think he'll give us some money? I don't know, maybe. Loan us? Maybe give us a loan? I don't know, maybe. All right. I probably think we made I made fun of him too much. He doesn't like me anymore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Listen, I was just saying, man, we're from where we're from and we're all ball busting pricks. That's yeah, what, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's what we do. That means I always say if you don't know us, you think we all hate each other. But it's just <laughs> endearing ball busting. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so the, when you left the band, <laughs> there was. A <laughs> I know where this is going. Oh, yeah, man. You, you think you're going to get out of this alive. No, no, no. <laughs> no this um, is funny. There fine. was a story. Mm -hmm. And this is the like the early days of the of the internet, you mm -hmm. know, and metal news sites. And it was uh it was put out there that <laughs> Jason Costa <laughs> has left the band <laughs> Diecast because the band got into an argument about Brendan Fraser. God, Brendan Fraser sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and then I mean, I, he's, he's I, better than me. He's doing way better. I asked <laughs> you about it and you were like yeah, I mean that's kind of what happened. No, only in this aspect, <laughs> probably because I was being an idiot. But uh, this is—it's it's, kind of what, but not really. How did that story even get? No, out? it's just like there, there had been like a bunch of, bunch of really bad days, and it was a bad tour, and the band was getting just into dumb arguments about dumb shit. 
and uh, not even the Brendan. The Brendan Fraser was just like we. It was just before everyone went to bed. Yeah. We were just like Brendan Fraser sucks. No, look, this movie is so much better than this. No, he's awful in all movies. He now you're everything. you're in the anti Brendan. Fraser yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Team. He just okay. ruins everything. Yeah. So, and, and that's that was it. We went to bed, and then when they woke up, I was gone. So. <laughs> You they were, were they were just like did so you did just you, leave the band because we had an argument with Brian Fraser. So did you <laughs> now was this the middle of a tour? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was That's the middle of a cold. really bad but but That's let me ice tell you, cold. But let me tell you, that night was a weird night. The night that I left the band that I went home on a on a Greyhound in the middle of the night. Uh the singer of American Head Charge OD'd and died. Holy right? shit. Not the singer, no, no. Or whoever it was. I think it was like their their one of their yes. guitar players or something. And like. uh and then and the opening band stuff got their whole trailer got stolen with all their they had beautiful gear that i think someone someone's parents were, like were, were well full off moon or, or friday the 13th i don't know or... it was very strange that that all happened all at once yeah so but what i mean literally like, what was it d despite that argument what was it going on in your head and your uh, your, your heart well, that was like i'm done well you want to talk about like you know people saying they put their time in and shit like that like we weren't really making any money i was putting everything on credit cards and yeah. everything else i mean how old were you at the time? She's, I don't know, man, 20 something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe almost 30. I was yeah. always the oldest one in the band. Uh, but, uh, cause I was like 30, maybe 30 something. But I remember just, there were times I had zero money and my credit card bills were stacking up. I was still living at home with my parents. And then we would just, we would pull up to like a 7 Eleven. I'd straight up go and rob the place. Yeah. I'd walk in there with a big leather jacket and I'd be like, I'm starving. And I would go get a cup of noodles and then fill my pockets with all the beef jerky because I needed protein. So you weren't. <laughs> oh, so and I was, I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm 30 something years old, not doing anything right now. This band isn't really doing too much. And and I'm stealing food from 7-Elevens and shit. And there's a there's a fight at every show. Guys in our bands literally, I mean, we're all getting into. You mean the band was real, fighting amongst itself? No, 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 no. Like just there was always because it's hardcore shows and shit. We were getting into. You fight. just said you're on you tour know. with American Head Charge. Yeah, not, a hardcore but the, but, show. But you know, you know how that wasn't the only tour. The tours that we had been on. You yeah. know, we had been on, and then just, just you know, the whole. I needed to get away from that whole scene for a while because yeah. I felt like it wasn't me. You know, and I was getting. I, I think I was getting depressed. To be honest with you, I never really thought about it too, too much. But uh, well, I mean, you know, just starving it, things, things makes you depressed the way I envisioned it. That's why. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, I and, think, I and I had been in the band for like ten plus years at that point. Yeah. And so it just, I needed to go. And yeah. That's, I, I just felt it in my heart, and I just, I, I left, and you know, I feel bad about the way I did. I did, but I again, even though I was close to thirty, I always acted like I was fucking a twelve-year-old idiot. So you know, compared to now, I, I look back then, I was, just, I was still just a kid. Did you ever like apologize? To oh yeah, 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 definitely. I, t I told him I, I was like, guys, just take, take my drum kit, use it for your next drummer, or sell it. Whatever you take, all my gear, whatever's at the rehearsal studio, just keep it all. Yeah. You know, I don't want a cut of the tour, or you know, we had all thrown in for the van and stuff, or whatever. I said just keep, and they were they were cool. They were just like, because nah. you they felt were, so bad. Yeah, they were like they were like, dude, just you know, come and come and get your kid. It's okay. Yeah, you know, so well, that's cool. When they came home from that tour, they, they, they uh, Jeremy, I think, was like, just go. It's okay. You just go and get your kit, man. I think they understood. Yeah, you know, because I put my heart and soul into that band. I I practiced. I was there an hour before the band would get to there, there, and I would practice anything I, I wanted to work on. And then we would rehearse for an hour or two, maybe more. And then I would be, they would all go out drinking down the street at the Model Cafe or whatever in Brighton. And I would stay behind and practice for one or two more hours before I came out to meet them if I was, if they were still out or whatever, to practice what I needed to play for, for that band. So I, I put everything into that band. So me, me leaving me really meant that I, I needed to leave. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. Because... And I thought I was done. I, that was it. I, I, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. No, no, sorry. I, I didn't pick up drumsticks for two years. Yeah, that's I didn't what... continue to play. I didn't leave to join another band or join this band, which some people think that 
call, uh, Phil called me for a year straight every month. Jason, <laughs> come join the band. Nope, I'm done. Yeah. Jason, come join the band. He had friends calling me. I had Jamie Josta call me, dude. You know, like. Well, you know, you know what that is, right? That's you. You basically had your heart broken by music. I don't know if my heart was broken. I think I, I told, I burnt out. Yeah. I definitely burnt out because if my heart was broken, I probably wouldn't have come back to it. Well, I yeah. listen. People have their hearts broken and they they get back to another relationship. I just uh, to me maybe your heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. I, it, listen, I I just. What's kind of poignant about what you're saying without saying it specifically is a, I think we all need to have a tolerance level of what we can deal with, what we can't. Yeah. And we also need to see steady growth. Right. And if yeah. and me, sometimes I, I look at a lot of bands and I'm like, why is that band still doing it? They're not improving. They're not they're You know, if you're not doing better that, you know, and, and me, like with God forbid, I had to look, I had to be real and honest with myself and say, sure. am I happy doing this band at this level, at that level, up or down? Like, right. Like what is acceptable? And we oh, achieved objective. You know what I'm saying? To, but we achieved person, enough yeah. success to taste a certain level of notoriety yeah. and prominence. And if it gets beyond that, going down the other way, I'm like, I think then you kind of sully the what it what that meant, you know, and the kind of where the band was because you know some bands that you never get to see them fall apart you know and then some bands that you know they're headlining these big venues next thing you know they're playing in front of fucking you know two motherfuckers at the bar yeah you yeah. know and that can be sad and it can it can make the the legacy of the band not yeah not like look it's so I, it's subjective to you know the band itself who's in the band what their view is you know each person has their own tolerance level you don't know like some dude could just be independently wealthy and you wonder yeah. how's that band still torn how's that dude still of course you, know, you have no idea what's going well, on you, you you know, notice that with certain bands where it you know eventually it is only that one guy that's been there sometimes the whole time. Yeah. i mean look at all our mains i mean phil's all, not because the band is uh wasn't successful just for whatever many reasons that that things happened um but sometimes yeah, it is just one guy who he makes biz money outside of the, the band and just wants to keep it going. Yeah. yeah. Phil's a Phil's a beast, man. He's uh he's he he just he he just wants to see this band do it. Yeah. Like seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this you, is like the video game he hasn't won and he is just <laughs> playing it as hard as he can. Well, yeah. I listen, I think in the grand scheme, uh he's definitely won. You know, it's just a matter of Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think you know. the hardest thing and I always say this because people will, you know, like you'll, you just said before, like, oh, you've made it. And I'm like, well, it's only like a temporary state of things, right? Like you're only. Yeah, I uh, hope it goes way further. But, yeah, we'll you're, see. but you're in a position now where that is a real possibility. Yeah. But yeah. the thing is, what my, my point is, the way I take it in is like, I can't focus on. Yeah, don't count. You're not counting your chickens. Yeah, it's just yeah. like it. it is what it is for i'm just i'm living in the now and i'm happy that i'm in that now but i'm not looking at it like i've done this thing and then it's over like you're at the finish line because you're not no, life no. keeps going yeah of course you know but um so you so you said you didn't play for a couple of years and oh yeah and phil kept calling you yeah, what did. what was the thing that just broke broke you down to say well Fuck there was it. there was this dude that I was really good friends with, you know, you, you meet people on tour and after you tour through the areas a couple of times, you just be, you know, you hit it off with certain people, you become friends with them. This guy named Kenny over at the pound, he was a security guard, big Kenny. I think, yeah, I remember he Dude. passed away, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but this is obviously this is before he passed away. That would be a weird story. <laughs> yeah, he was a good dude. But uh, we, you know, when we were in Diocast, we used to invite us to stay at his place. 
and uh, you know, we party and make food and everything else. And it was he was the fucking best dude ever. So I just used to like talk to him every now and then. We used to like just you know, you just call someone on the phone like, hey, what's up? And yeah. it wasn't weird. It was cool. You know, that was that's what people used to do before cell phones. Yeah, <laughs> before, before, before texting. Yeah. Texting. Yeah, we'd actually call each other. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he he called me up after like a year of, of Phil asking me, he's like, hey man, do Ozfest with us? I'm like, nah, you know, blah, blah, I don't want to play anymore. And it wasn't because I didn't like the band. I just obviously, because I'm in the band now, but uh, I just didn't want to play anymore. And uh, Kenny calls me up one day out of the blue. He's like, dude, what is this? I'm like, what is what? He goes, I'm hearing my man Phil's been calling you saying, <laughs> join the band and you're telling him no. You know, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? You need to be playing drums. You know, he's like, he lay, like laying into me and laughing. And I'm like, I don't know, Kenny. He's like, just get out there and, and play. I'm like, I, I'm rusty as shit. I mean, now. What was your, but what was your biggest thing about not doing it? is that you wouldn't make a living? Because clearly they yeah, were. Yeah, I was were, scared. They, I had a but, job, and but, but they yeah. were a band on the rise, and they were. I didn't know that. I was out of the loop completely. Oh, okay. And actually, I never really knew too much about all that remains. Uh, I when Phil, when I finally, when when Kenny and a couple of my other friends convinced me to go try out, uh, I called up Phil, and Phil was like. CD will be at your house tomorrow. And it was like overnight. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe this band can't get a drummer because like they're, you know, I saw them and I saw, I looked them up and stuff. And I saw that they were getting on tours and shit. Fall of, and then the, he sent me the Fall of Ideals album. And I was like, like, no joke. I like this drumming. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. no, I only have restless leg syndrome, man. I like double bass. <laughs> <laughs> and Shannon was a hell of a double bass player. And oh, yeah. still, still is. I don't know if he's in Battlecross still or not. I'm, I, I lost track, but uh, he's a hell of a drummer. And I was, I was glad to come in and play this because this is what I kind of wanted to play in Diecast. Yeah. Like, I like a lot of double bass, but we were doing sort of like you were saying, like the radio, and I was getting a lot of the pushback on overplaying the double bass and shit. And then I hear the fall of ideals, and I'm like, that weak world song's cool. <laughs> so I want to go play it. I don't know if I can because I hadn't played in two years. So yeah. I practiced for a week, went and I tried out, and Phil busted my balls big time. We we're down in his basement. This is a quick story, sorry. Oh. Down in his basement, we get through all these songs. I'm playing like the, the whole Fall of Ideals album, we get to the, you know, the old stuff, uh, and I stop like after one of the songs. I've been there for like an hour playing through these songs and no one's saying anything. Phil's playing video games in his fucking bedroom, which is connected <laughs> to the basement. And I got you know, Jeannie, uh, Ollie and Mike staring at me playing and no one's like, there's no like communication. A, not Yeah, they were just kind of staring. OK, let's do this song. OK, let's do it. It was very like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, medical. Almost, but you right? had no feedback of how I had well no you were idea doing. what was going on. Yeah, I didn't know if they liked me or not. So I just stopped. I was like, guys, listen, I, I know I'm rusty. If, if uh, you just want to go out and have a drink or something, this has been wicked fun. Thank you. You know, I, and Phil comes running in from the other rooms, just sticks his head through the door. He goes, "You had it after the second song, fucking idiot." You know, like <laughs> I was, why did you tell me? I'm sitting back here sweating my dick off, not wondering, did I suck on that one? Did I miss the snare on that one? Did I miss the, you know? So yeah. So then there we go. Now I'm in the band. So right cool. on. And yeah. then, then you realize, oh, this is. Actually, what, what well, actually was hold on. Here's a question. Sure. What is the what does it feel like now to be in a band that's actually successful? Like, I mean, and when oh, I say it that, it's great. Let me, let me tell you that when I, I didn't know that they I thought I was getting back into a diecast style band. Yeah, I was right. I'd saved up money. I'd paid off a bunch of my credit cards and everything. And uh, I, I saw the 15 passenger van in Phil's driveway. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let's do this again. I'll go for it again. I'm ready to do it. And Phil, after we rehearsed for a week or so, he goes, okay, next week the tour bus will pick us up. And I was like, the, the what? Had, <laughs> I was like, the had, what? <laughs> had you been on a tour bus before? Only in Europe and only shared with like three other bands at a time. You know those, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, only in Europe. I've never had an American bus. I've never been on an American bus before. And I remember 
getting to my dad dropped me off my dad's like yeah you know like and i was shit <laughs> i remember walking up on it with the first i'm that i'm that guy because until that part, point i was the kid standing outside the, the venues watching testament get on their bus off and on oh, yeah. and it was funny i felt like that guy you know it's weird i'm like this is what it feels like and then after like the first three months you're in the bus or whatever you're like oh, okay it's a bus so it's a metal it. it's a metal tube yeah <laughs> you know? it's better than the van though. oh my god yeah the, you know to be able to go to bed every night and just lay down and sleep is awesome yeah and not have to be i was one of the drivers in diecast but there was only two of us near the end it was just jeremy and i because other guys got into accidents or you know what else whatever else but it was just jeremy and i so i remember breaking down i couldn't drink or do anything that i like to do you know and i only drink and smoke some pot i don't do anything else but uh, <laughs> but uh you know I, I but i like but i really love doing that um <laughs> so so it was kind of it was a bummer you know having to drive you know and stuff so being in a tour bus is fucking amazing you know maybe more of an alcoholic though what was um <laughs> so even despite you not playing for a while was it uh did you feel like a challenge in terms of the material of being like is it, was it a little above my level or did it feel completely natural uh this calling is always hard because it's yeah. that's like 216 beats per minute straight double bass and i'm fast but i'm not a death metal player i yeah. I, I am not i don't think of myself as a death metal player at all. There are dudes out there that are playing 250 beats per minute. It is completely insane to me and I love it, but I can't do it. <laughs> and nor do I want, I don't want to be responsible for that. So uh, the only song that was ever challenging for me and it still is to this day and we're opening with it on this tour. So I can't even warm up enough to get this song at 100% every night because we're playing it fucking first. I hate you, Phil, is this calling. Yeah. 216 beats per minute, but it's a lot of straight double bass and it comes out of the gates. One, two, three, four. Brrr. And that's that song's tough. That's well, the only one. I can say yeah. this. I've uh... I wrote songs that were harder for me because they were like drum solos almost in like on Overcome and shit like that. Yeah. That were harder than that song than, than this song. But physical challenge is the double bass in 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 uh in this song. Yeah. Well, I can I can definitely say I've seen someone fill in for you on uh on, on seeing someone play uh, two weeks and struggling <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> play to play your parts and and so. Once you join the band, uh, are are you able to take a creative role? Because so so oh, many yeah. things happen now, like where people program drums and they, you know, and, and oh, the, no, oh, the guitar players write the drum parts and just hand it to the. No, they've always been, you know, what parts you want to put in, or they they. What, what I ask them, and I'm I, I ask them because like you know they're gonna write the guitar riffs and stuff. They have a vision for what the songs that sound like, but they're really cool with me writing my drum parts. Actually, when I first joined the band, I only had one tom. I had a like a jazz kit because Shannon didn't do a lot of big drum fills. He yeah. just did these quick runs. And after we did the Fall of Ideals tour, Phil said, we're going to, when we're writing the Overcome album, he's like, can you put more toms in your kit? And I was like, like a five piece kit. He's like, yeah, I just want bigger drum fills. Yeah. So, but he didn't say where to put them or what to do. He just said, I want bigger ones. So I put another tom on and now I, now I play in a five piece kit. But there have been, always been really cool about letting me write what I want to write. I mean, if I, if I write something that I think is cool and they think it sucks, then I totally, We'll just be like, okay, let's rewrite it. What do you guys hear? Like, I'm easy to work with, man. Seriously, yeah. yeah. And it, it helps everything. It helps everything go smooth, you know. Uh, uh, yeah, they don't. Every now and then, they'll be like, this beat should definitely go here over the chorus or something like that. And yeah. that's that's fine. Do you, you know? do you write on the kit or do you do? Or have you like modernized it? Where you I do write, both. You write on I, the, on like a. Uh, like on the computer and stuff? No, or? I don't do too much computer stuff. Uh, or you like staff it out, like write it? I, like yeah, that? I can write music. Yeah, so I so uh, not this album, but uh, the last album, Madness, which 
by the way, I don't love that album, so sorry about that. Um, yeah, the, I, I'll be honest, I'm a fan of the band. It, did, it didn't yeah, do it for me either. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to go into details, <laughs> but you know, but I had that almost every fill and every beat scripted out. Yeah, yeah, for, for that album because I knew I was only going to have a couple days to record it. Drums went last. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's weird drums going last these That's days. That's what uh, John did on the last Yeah, drum, uh, almost drums battles. always go last now. It's weird. But uh, but it's cool. It gives, it gives me longer to work on shit. Yeah. You know? And, and if I get to hear the vocals and I couldn't hear them before, or they change something, then I can hit, like, some cymbals or do a thing to, you know, bring something out in the song or whatever. You know, I, I, I like doing it like that. Right on, So, man. But these guys let me write, and, if they th and they'll let me know if they think something sucks, and then I'll change it, man. Yeah, <laughs> take, take a vote. I don't argue, you know, like... I'll be like, are you sure? And they'll be like, yeah, dude, come on. I'm like, all right, all right, all right, let's figure something else out. I don't, Phil taught me a good thing a long time ago. Don't say no, just try it and see what happens. Yeah. That's a better way to approach things. There's a lot of people out there who say no. And I used to be a no guy a long yeah. time ago. And, uh, you know, and, and now I'm not. Yeah, well, I, I, I think the, you know, actually John, you know, Berkland is kind of the main songwriter. Because he's a hell of a musician. He's yeah. not only is he a great drummer, he's a great player. And great, yeah. He plays but, all kinds of but instruments. His, but I think it, what his best attribute as a songwriter is his open-mindedness. Yeah. Of it's like, let's just try it. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can always not use it, you know, but just but actually just, hey, man, be let's, if you get a weird idea, let it be weird for a second. It's yeah, okay. Yeah, see what's up with it. Yeah. You know. Let's, it sucks. Take it out later. Just live with it for, 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 for a little bit. So you've been in the band for how long now? Oh, something like 13, 12 years. I, I don't keep track. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I like he went backwards. 13, 12. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, have you ever gotten that uh, thing in your belly? Like, I'm just going to get a Greyhound and go home. I'm going to get what? <laughs> just get in a Greyhound and go home. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, man, but it's, uh, you know, kind of like what you said about, you know, feeling good about what I've done and the kind of good fortune i've had that's how i felt about you for for years you know uh, that thanks. that not only one of the good guys but like i said one of the real talents and that thanks. out of that scene you know that we came up in i mean the truth is if our bands dissolved most of the players from that old scene were not good enough to be professional quote unquote musicians or be able to secure a job in another band you know and and so for yeah, me or, or just like or, or or like i I don't want to say good enough or not. I, like lifers, if someone's a lifer. You know they're a well, lifer. They're gonna do this. I do. Listen, know? I do think there is a talent factor, and I think, but there's part of that talent is having the determination to want to do it and being, like I said, the lifer yeah, part okay, of it is sure. just being. Maybe it's maybe I'm like giving us too much credit or myself too much credit. Maybe it's having just the right mental disorder. Yeah, like makes, if you like being in a metal tube with 12 other dudes. I yeah, know, that sounds that, wicked weird, but yeah. But yeah, I, I like being on tour. I mean, I don't like being on tour too nine long. months out of the year. I mean, I'll yeah. do it, Yeah. but I, I like being on tour. In a perfect world, it'd be a month on, a month off. That'd be awesome. That You are speaking my language. Yeah, I Ooh, love that. Because it takes, I would say this, for every day you're on the road, it takes at least one day at home to get back to being a normal human oh, being. Oh man, if that was true, I'd, I would be a hermit. <laughs> no, no, no. It's a, I usually, it's, it's, a few, it's a few days for me after a tour just to, you know, to uh, decompress and you know, play, play my heart out on Worlds of Warcraft when I get home. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a video game guy, huh? Only Worlds of War, you can call, people will call me a video game, but it's only Worlds of Warcraft that I play for Do they real. keep putting out like new versions of it and stuff? Yeah, they keep updating it and just making it, you know, never ending. Okay, is it how soon before you put on the uh, like the the virtual reality thing? You're just in it. You're just like living in Man, that. Man, I don't know how if soon. I want to do that. But what if that? But it, it's gonna be that, right? Eventually, right? Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'll give it a shot, of course. Check yeah. it out. 
I just hope it doesn't suck my life away at that That's point. That's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. think I don't think you're gonna you're gonna come back. There's gonna be some weird things, man. That's gonna create all kinds of strange jobs. You think <laughs> I think podcasts are kind of weird. You can make a living and stuff off of that. Imagine with virtual reality, you're in a video game and you're like doing Maybe you're like a, a blacksmith or something in a video game, and that's well, your job. You get paid money in real life. Well, to they do some they shit. have that where it's you have to crazy. pay you have to pay money for like little features in the games and well, weapons. Yeah, yeah. And, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just gonna all that stuff is just gonna be you know way crazier. It's gonna the scale is gonna be nuts. Well, we 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 shall see with that. But um, real quick, I'm I'm not gonna keep you too much longer because actually I gotta run myself. Yeah, actually, um, I gotta take a shower. Yeah. I have to be clean for a couple hours before I I'm knew, not clean anymore. I knew something smelled strange. Um. <laughs> Hey man, it's my feet. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I'm actually uh, a clean dude. I'm not a smelly dude in the band. Good job, man. Good job. Um, That's just genetics, though. It's not because of anything else. So, like, uh, you know, <laughs> not to kind of put things on a on a on a dour dour mood, but um, you know, how have things been? You know, carrying on the band without like Ali, he's been you know such his force. You know, of yeah, it was a shock. You uh, know. But, yeah, but, it was it was a big shock at first and really sad. Of, of course. course, I'm still fucking yeah. sad. Yeah, yeah, it's because it was, you know, in my opinion, completely un, uh, completely avoidable. Yeah, but you, if you knew Ollie, you know, he's kind of stuck in his routines and his ways and stuff. So, uh, yeah, so it's it's been cool. Like you know, we got you know you don't I don't want to use any words like got over it or anything like that. But it's been a year now, and you know, and everyone's, life does. Everyone's so I sad, mean, and there's weird memories because. These clubs, I didn't play with them once. I've been playing these clubs in these places 12 fucking years. I got all kinds of random, weird, ghost-like memories of them. Yeah. Like, that's him sitting over there warming up. And that was the bar I was at where he was, like, awkwardly hitting on some girl. Like, because it's Ollie, you know, wearing his dirty-ass sweatpants trying to talk to some girl that was, like, a nine. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I got all these weird every fucking day. Yeah. You know, a tour bus, like, whatever. It's like, everywhere I go, you know, because I've spent, like, again, you spend more time with these dudes than you do your family. They are. They're, they're a second family. I know it's cliche to say that, but it's true. So, um, but, you know, but where this band is tight, we all like each other as you know we do there's no huge dysfunctions in this band at all i got very lucky it was one of the reasons i joined the band i wanted to interview them or not interview them but i wanted to meet them before i even decided to go to the basement and try out and i knew that these guys were cool you know and and because of the way this band is uh it makes it easier dealing with ollie not being here anymore yeah yeah so well i mean i think things like that can uh bring people apart or it can the the kind of uh it definitely brought this band yeah, closer like yeah. it, it makes you appreciate each other more and want to know for real you know yeah, enjoy really those moments happen. yeah that know. really did happen yeah i can tell especially certain members of the band i can tell are way more into you know the other people now and like you know asking how you are today and stuff like that just little cordial things even you know and then having a dude like jason come in the band and kill it yeah every he's night like he's an amazing player you know, and he's weird, so he fits right <laughs> you in. You can't get that good and be normal. No, I don't, you got to give Sometimes, up some shit. Yeah, you got. You yeah, have. You to, only have certain marbles. You can. Everyone gets in a bowl, yeah. and you put most of those marbles into guitar, and then you're fucking up somewhere yeah, else. Because in life. because <laughs> if you're gonna spend 16 hours a day, because that's the only way you can get that good is by literally oh, just man, spending yeah. so much time yeah, yeah, yeah. at one thing. Uh, yeah, you're gonna be. It's 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 impossible. And, and more power to him because without oh, those yeah, yeah. humans, we would not be enriched to uh, no, no. you know to, to have that level of art and uh, yeah. expression. And, and, and you know, no one's in. You know, Jason's and in, in those guys. He's he's not weird enough to be like annoyingly weird or like <laughs> you know. He's a, you know again, it's a endearingly weird. He's you know? idiosyncratic. Yeah, as, oh, as, oh. as we say. Um, 
But no, but so you're, but you're a lot happier with the new record. I love this album. Yeah. Oh my god, this it's is fucking way... brutal, man. You guys, dude, are... I knew when we were going to DL and they said we were thinking about going to DL. I was like, yes, go to DL, go to DL and do the damn album. You no, know, he, you know, he was on the podcast, and right? I knew it was going to be fucking heavy with him doing it. Yeah, and that's all I. That's I really just wanted it to be heavy. We still put the radio, the radio type songs because it breaks the album up nicely and there's uh, uh, cool dynamics and shit like that. But I knew the majority of the album was going to be heavier and the sound was going to be heavier. And you know he's such a creative ADD motherfucker that yeah. I knew that it was just going to be you know a, a good album you know and the album that I that I really like type of type of album that I really like. Very cool, man. Well, yo, I'm so, so answers, yeah, <laughs> awesome, man. Well, listen, I'm I'm really glad you took the time to uh, do the show. I know. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, man. Hell yeah, man. Listen, man, I, the the old school homies, the people that I've really gotten to kind of take this journey with and sure. seen the ups and downs and, mm-hmm. and you know, to me that, like I said, that's the reason why the show exists, uh, for me to kind of have these conversations and invite other people to kind of- It's cool, man. To, to take a part in the journey we've had and just, you know, say that, you know, these bonds are like really just, it's really special to you me. Should throw, you should throw a party sometime. Oh, bring An all the- old school fucking X-Men party. Okay, I'll think about it. You know, it's hard to get everyone in the same place. Everyone's from all over the world, you know? So yeah, it's, it's true. It's very difficult. But, a shot. but anyway, Jason, I love you. It's great to Hell see yeah, you, man. man. It's a lot of fun, man. Thank you. No, thank you.
So that track was entitled The Consumerist and is actually from the new Bad Wolves album, Nation, which, you know, I'm trying to trying to pump and pimp this shit to you fine folks over here. And, uh, you know, do you want to place one of, one of the heavier songs on the record, you know, because if you ain't heard it, that's what's happening. And that's one, of, that's one of my favorites. And I fought for that song to be on the record. It almost didn't make it. There was a they, It was a different version of the song that was a little... You know, meathead for my taste, and I wanted the 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 metal version. You know, and that shit gets me amped up. I really enjoy it. And a few people hit me up like, "Yo, that's my favorite jam on the record." So I appreciate that shit. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Jason. I love that guy. He is the best. Um, really cool story, and uh, you know, talented motherfucker out there doing the damn thing. So I'm leaving on tour in a couple of days. Hopefully, I can keep the schedule up. I have a bunch of shows that I've kind of already announced that are in the vaults that I just haven't had time to to, to put out yet. So it might be a little of a little bit of a backup, but uh, at least I don't have to search for interviews. I actually have a bunch done, uh, which is always a good problem to have. And some great shows coming up, and I will definitely be getting a couple on the road. Hoping to get Beaker from God forbid. Because uh, I'll be going through his town. And uh, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. Yeah, maybe in Nashville I might grab some people. We shall see. But thank you guys for listening to the show. And, uh, you know, keep rolling. Hope you see you on the road. Send me a message. Tell me how much you suck. It's a little, I just stole that line from Metal Sucks Podcast. What's up? What's up, Chuck Godless? Miss you guys. Anyway, Mamba out. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.